Hi there and welcome to the third episode of my Tough Love Energy podcast. You're very welcome. Now, today I am going to talk about a subject that is very close to my heart. It is on the theme and topic of grief. Now, grief, as many of you who have been following me here would know, is something that I am unfortunately very familiar with. Um, Some time ago, back in 2006, I had my first experience of grief when my fiancé died fairly suddenly from cancer just four months before our wedding. This was followed then uh, again very unexpectedly by the death of my dad and my mom some time later. So in the space of, uh, in the very short space of a number of years, I had gone from having, albeit a small family unit, to having no family unit. And that was an extremely strange, peculiar, traumatic, lonely place to be. And I look back now and I, because now it's what, 12, 13 years ago, more even 15 years ago, I look back now and I think that really I was just such a totally different person at the time. And and I suppose in truth, I often look back and think, how on earth did I get through it? And and ask myself, would I get through it if it happened now? Which, of course, is a little bit of a, a silly question because I genuinely believe that. Well, I believe that, you know, we have the resources within us all to cope with whatever is put our way. And just because um, something big and traumatic and difficult happens, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to come through it. But the reason for this podcast is more to talk about, I suppose, even just even to share three observations that I have, because when it comes to the topic of grief, I could actually talk about it for hours and hours and hours. Um, and apart from boring you silly on the subject, um, I just thought that maybe today it might be just better to focus in on two or three themes and um, and leave them with you to, to ponder upon. And then grief as a subject or as a theme is something that we can come back to again throughout the series. So to start with, I would like to say that grief is not just for other people. If you love, you will eventually grieve. It is, it's a common feeling that, not even that it's a common belief, but it's a common feeling that bad things happen to other people. I think that's part of our own protectionism and that's part of our own defense mechanism to believe that bad things happen to other people. And I certainly was one of those people that was going through life in a little bit of a bubble um, not having been affected by, you know, illness or death and, and quite protected and cosseted by it all. So when it did visit me and when it visited me in such a a significant and very um, almost um, aggressive way there was no way for me to ignore it but also there was really no way for me to know how to manage it and how to cope with it. Now when when I had my experience of grief or my first experience I was in my late 30s and as a result nobody in my immediate circle had shared Uh, the experience or had been on a similar journey. 
I was the first of of my friends to lose a partner, um, and and again, even that in itself made for quite a lonely time because there was nobody that that I felt that I could talk to about it who fully understood. Now, don't get me wrong; I was blessed with a a group of very um solid, reliable, dependable, kind group of women that really looked after me and minded me throughout um throughout that time. But in terms of of having somebody that fully understood the feelings that I was going through, um I was very much on my own there. And so, you know, that sentiment of you're part of a club that nobody wants to be part of couldn't have been more true. You know, I found myself, I wasn't, because I was a fiancé, I wasn't a widow. Um, and so technically that left me a little bit of an outsider. But I was very, felt very much an outsider um, among all my uh, group of friends because purely for the simple reason that nobody had experienced what I was experiencing. So the three the, the three observations that I'd like to share with you today are these. First, um, the first thing I'd like to say is that grief changes you. And I know that might seem a little obvious, but it really changed me. I tried when I started to feel a little bit more strong, when I started to feel a little bit more like I needed to put myself back together. I tried really hard to going back to who I was before the bereavement, before the losses. I felt that that was where I needed to get to. I really believed that everything that I did and everything that I said and all the actions and all the decisions I was making should all be aimed at getting me back to who I was before I had experienced loss. Because I thought that that's where that's where I'd be happy again. And I waited for that girl, for that person to reappear, for the, the girl that I was before I experienced loss, for the girl that I was before I experienced death. And the reality was that she never could reappear again because the person I was when they were alive had left with them. When we lose somebody close to us, everything in our life changes, not just on a practical basis, not just on, on the physical, the physical evidence of, of that person no longer being there, but how we view the world, how we how we learn how to view the world without them in it. That changes us and that changes everything about us. Um, for me, particularly when I lost my fiance, it wasn't just and this was something that I was actually intently aware of at the time it wasn't just that I had lost him it was also that I really believed I had lost my future I all the things that in my own head and together that we had planned and we had planned for the future and um, all of those had been taken away from me and I I was really you know maybe a little bit unusually but I was very aware of that even in the days after he died I just remember thinking you know that's it that 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 all those plans all those dreams everything that I had spent my childhood practically planning for and preparing for was now gone and so that loss of your future that loss of all the shared potentially shared experiences of all the things that together uh, you had mapped out in your mind when they're taken away from you that changes you 
And also then when it comes to parents, I mean, again, we have plans and ideas in our mind about, you know, how we're going to look after our parents as we get older, how we're going to have more time to spend with our parents, how they'll have more time to spend with us. We, you know, we probably romanticize a lot of it, but also there, you know, there are inevitable things that we talk about and plan to do as we all move through life that suddenly when that person is gone are no longer an option. So it's to acknowledge that grief changes you, that it it changes you because it changes everything around you. And I can say now, 15 years later, um, and this isn't just with the benefit of age or this isn't just with the benefit of having 15 years uh, between when that happened and now, but I know that I'm a totally different person because of those experiences. I know that the person that I was before I had my first experience of death has never come back again. And, and I'm not saying necessarily that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that I recognize that the person I am now because of death, because of bereavement, because of grief is very, very different than the person that was there before. So that really is my first observation. The second thing that I'd like to share with you is something that isn't really talked about that often. And it is the impact that when we lose somebody, when we are grieving, when we are the bereaved person, one of the experiences that we can feel, and this was definitely a very strong sense that I had, and I think especially because I had lost my immediate family unit in entirety between my fiancé, my dad, my mom, and I, I had this very strong feeling of being very much alone in the world. Again, I'd like to acknowledge that I, you know, was blessed with and am blessed with, you know, beautiful, amazing, fantastic friends who were a huge support to me. But in terms of my roots, in terms of my foundations, the family unit that we all take so much for granted when that was taken away from me, I was left with this really strong fear of abandonment. And as a result, because I felt so abandoned by those people that had died and going through the stages of grief. I went through the, you know, the normal phase of of anger and bartering and bargaining and, you know, just really angry at each individual for having left me, for having abandoned me. And in return, I tried so hard to fit in with everybody around me, with my friends, with my acquaintances, with my colleagues. I was so desperate for approval and acceptance and to feel like I belonged somewhere that in a lot of ways and to a huge extent, I abandoned myself in that process because I became so terrified of being alone that I just molded my personality into being who other people wanted me to be, into doing things that other people wanted me to do, in doing things that I believed would make me indispensable and indisposable. I was so afraid of being on my own that at all costs I did everything I could to make sure that that wouldn't happen. I tried so hard and I became that original people pleaser that you've heard me talk about before. I did it because I was so afraid of being abandoned. Now, 
that led me down a path that was very confusing, was very, um, probably wasn't very healthy. And so like I made a lot of decisions at the time that I probably am personally wouldn't stand over now. But in my grief and in my need to um, to feel that sense of acceptance and approval, as I say, I abandoned myself so that that would definitely be a very strong observation in that when we lose people, when we lose even, you know, one person very close to us, it can bring up fears or reminders of previous traumas, of previous losses, of previous abandonment and can cause us to react in a way that would not be our normal way. And so for me, that fear became very much a part of my life for a good five, six, seven years after my first experience of grief. I'm glad to say and happy to say that I've definitely come back from that. I've, you know, I I, I recognise that eventually and it took me quite a while to recognise that. And the person that I am now is not somebody that is afraid of abandonment and is not somebody that is willing to please um, those around at all costs. But it was just it's something now that I recognise as being a very prolific time in my grieving period. My third observation and my third recommendation to anybody would be, and I don't want to oversimplify this by saying ask for help, but it took me, honestly, it took me about four years, maybe even five years to acknowledge that I needed professional help. It took me that length of time to recognize that I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. I mean, I had been somebody that quite a strong character, quite a strong personality. I'd always been the problem solver. I'd always been the person that would, you know, help others that people would come to looking for advice, looking for guidance. And so, you know, in many ways, I had uh, very much portrayed myself as being resilient, as getting on with life, as the person that, yes, I was sad. Yes, I was grieving. But no, this definitely wasn't going to finish me off and this definitely wasn't going to be the time that I would change my personality or my way of living life however it did and so when I started to recognize and I do think it was around year four that when I started to really question to myself it's like why am I not feeling like the time is making this a little bit easier because as the years and particularly as the months went on I I could feel myself regressing rather than progressing. And I knew enough to know from talking to other people and from observing about grief that actually by that stage, I should be starting to come back to life, that I should be starting to come back out of myself. And I actually recognised that the opposite was happening. So I spoke with a few counsellors initially. And, and again, I think that it's important to, to, to recognise this. I spoke with a few counsellors initially, but I just didn't click with any of them. Now, I do remember, and I couldn't even remember their names at this point, but I do remember that every counsellor that I spoke with initially, I liked and I thought, really nice, really good. But actually, I just didn't feel that sense of safety, security, and I couldn't envisage myself or picture myself opening up to them and trusting them, which I recognized from the outset was something I really needed in in a counselor or a therapist. 
And I was then very fortunate to come across or to have a wonderful um, psychologist recommended to me, a Dr. Elizabeth McCrory, who Elizabeth was just I, I mean, there aren't enough adjectives in the, the English language to describe just how amazing she was. And also what, what a big turning point for me in my life and in my recovery from grief and bereavement that, that Elizabeth was. She, over the next number of years, she really helped me to navigate my way back. And that was was so necessary, so important for me. And so I would say that to anybody that is coming through grief or trying to come through grief um, to please ask for help. Now, in my case, you know, as I have already said, I think a number of times that I was blessed and that I had a lot of good friends. Um, but I also recognized that I needed some professional help. And that's where Elizabeth came in. So my observation for you there would be, you know, if you you see somebody that is grieving and if you if there's somebody close to you that that while they know you're there for them I would also try and give them a gentle nudge or give a gentle suggestion that they might seek professional help when their time feels right and actually that point that add-on there at the end is really important it has to feel like the right time for you. You have to feel that you're ready. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that we've all heard before that the time for bereavement counselling is not in the first few months after. I think the re- recommended time is, is a year after somebody dies. Um, but, and certainly I bear testament to that, that it was really only a couple of years afterwards that, that I felt ready to be able not just to listen to somebody else, but to be able to talk them. So if you have somebody that is close to you within your your circle, within your network that you can see or that you know have have lost somebody close to them, you know, it might sound again a little oversimplistic to say uh, to be there for them. But honestly, the, the best thing that you can do for anyone who's grieving is just to talk to them about their grief, to get them to talk about the person that they've lost. It, it's always and, and, you know, perfectly acceptable to be able to say to somebody, look, at, I haven't experienced grief. I don't know what you're you're going through. I, I you know, I really wish that there was a way I was I would be able to help you. It's so important that showing them that while you don't know how they're feeling, but that you want to understand it. And that can make such a difference to somebody that's grieving. It can make such a difference to somebody who's feeling a little bit alone. So talk to them, get them to talk about the person they've lost, ask them questions around about the person and because there's no, oh God, there's no lovelier way to connect with the memory of somebody than talking about them. And one of the hardest parts and and the toughest and cruelest parts, I think, about grief is not feeling that you can talk about the person, that that you're afraid it'll make others feel uncomfortable if you mention their name or if you reference them in, in a conversation. So, you know, my suggestion to you would be if you know somebody that is grieving, even if the, even if you don't know them too well, it, it's just always lovely to be able to let them know that you're trying to understand and also to allow them and give them the space to talk about the person that they have loved. So remembering that 
grief changes you from my tough love energy um, aspect. And it, it might feel counterintuitive to be using or connecting with the tough love energy when we are talking about grief. But what I would say to you is that you now need to consider your life without that person in it. And again, I am not talking about in the first six months afterwards or even in the first 12 months. But over time, you need to start giving yourself the space to consider your life without that person in it. What will that look like? What can it look like? How can you feel? So start connecting with you know, the practicalities. How will it feel different? How will it look different? How will it be different? Don't view your grieving process as something that you have to get over. That expression or even that phrase, getting over grief or God, I've even heard myself use it about how are you getting over it? And, and, you know, we don't ever get over grief, but we learn to live with it. Your life will not be the same. But that's okay. It's okay too to acknowledge that. You can have a happy and fulfilled life after the person that you love has gone. Don't let grief define you. Don't let grief consume you. Go slowly. Listen all the time. Listen to what it is that you need. Move at your own pace and be selfish. Be very, very selfish. And I know often when I share this with people, they do tend to think that that's a bizarre thing to say. But for me, a big part of when I was grieving and when I was in the depths of the grief, I became so consumed with not wanting to put other people off. As I mentioned earlier, not wanting for other people or hoping other people wouldn't abandon me. But my desire to make other people feel more comfortable around the subject and topic of grief meant that I was hiding how I felt I was hiding what I wanted to say, what I wanted to show. And had I been a bit more selfish, had I been more honest with myself, I'd have been able to be more honest with them. And so all the friendships and relationships would have benefited more from that honesty. So that's what I mean about being more selfish. And that's what I also mean about not letting grief define you, because grief can make us very angry. And grief can also make us very bitter. Why did that happen to me? Why has that happened to me and not to anybody else? Why am I the only person to have lost a partner? Why am I the only person to have to go out and be on their own? And why am I the only person that has experienced this? That can become very entrenched feeling and it can make you very bitter and very angry and often very jealous and none of those emotions help us whether we're grieving or whether we're not. So just try and be aware of not letting grief totally consume you. Be selfish and be honest with yourself. And remember that grief really is just love with nowhere to go. The fact that you're experiencing the pain, the pain of the loss, the pain of that person no longer being around or being in your life. It's an, a total reflection. It's completely mirroring the love that you had for the person that's gone. So 
I'm not being all Pollyanna about it and saying, you know, better to have loved and lost than not loved at all. That's not how how grief works for any of us. But it's just to acknowledge, you know, as I said at the very beginning of this podcast, that grief is not for other people. If you love, you will eventually grieve. It is something that happens to every single person. It is part of living. Dying is part of living. You are inevitably going to lose people that you love. That is part of life. But it's learning to live with it rather than trying to get over it. So be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Trust yourself. Listen to yourself and just go at your own pace. I hope this has helped. I'm very conscious that grief is a massive subject and that at different stages we can relate and resonate with different conversations around grief. I'm also very aware that there are a lot of other excellent podcasts currently that deal with the topic of grief. I'm also probably a little bit conscious as well that there are a few what I notice to be kind of more celebrity grief podcasts that probably don't sit with me as well because I think that grief is so common and brings us all down to basics and is a shared experience, as I say, that we all have to live through, that I'm not fully convinced that the idea of having podcasts where only celebrities who have lost someone or who are grieving are interviewed because, you know, all grief is equal. All grief matters. Your voice, your grieving voice matters as much as everybody else. But find your people, find the people that will listen to you. Ask for help. And if you are a friend or an acquaintance or if you know of somebody that has recently lost somebody, reach out to them because the time will come when you will need them to reach out to you. So go well mind yourself and I'll see you back here for the next episode of my Tough Love Energy podcast very soon. Take care.